Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ruby Frankie was known by millions as a very tough mom. That's exactly the way she wanted it. The social media star amassed a huge following of supporters and detractors alike preaching the values of strict discipline. But you'll learn in a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus how the small empire built by this momfluencer crumbled the moment her 12-year-old son escaped their home and called 911. Wondery and Law and & Crime bring you the new podcast The Rise and Fall of Ruby Frankie, which explores the allegations of starvation, torture, and emotional abuse leveled against Frankie and her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt. Learn about the family's path to stardom, the depravity investigators uncovered inside the home, and hear in-depth analysis of the ongoing criminal trial. Listen to the rise and fall of Ruby Frankie exclusively and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. In 2011, um, she was with Paul Garrity at home in, in, in Ranala and uh, a gunman appeared at the house door, uh, burst in through the house. He had to jump out the bedroom window and, and escaped. Um, the guy who did it was, uh, or suspected of doing it, was a notorious hitman from West Dublin. He was ultimately convicted of very serious offences not to do with this. I mean, it was regarded as a very, very serious attempt on the life of Paul Geraghty. I'm Nicola Tallent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Gangster's mall, Natasha McEnroe, swapped her killer partner for a new man when he was locked up for murder. But later, she and partner Paul Geraghty faced the wrath of mob boss heavy Brian Rattigan when he put a price on his love rival's head. But the peace lines were drawn and McEnroe managed to calm what once seemed like an impossible situation. This week, however, she faces life alone once again after Geraghty was jailed for two years when he was caught collecting money for heroin deals. Today, I'm talking with Niall Donald about McEnroe and her curious taste in men. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Some women just have a type, don't they? I suppose, I suppose. I suppose they do. Men are the same, though, I'd say, are they? Men have a type as well, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they probably do. Nicola, we all have a type, you know. We like an El Meathead or whatever, you know. I actually knew you were going to say that again. Yeah. What does that mean, exactly? I'm not, I'm not really head. sure, but sort of a, yeah, sort of a a kind of a muscular tico, I suppose. <laughs> sort of rug, rugby, sort of. Sort of gar- rugby playing, Handsome, sort of tall, no, burly. 
yeah, burly, but you know, bearded. Yeah, unsophisticated kind of, you know, I think so. Yeah, not likely to talk to you about, you know, more likely to say they had a great time the GAA match than talk to you about existential philosophy sort of type, no? But I don't know where you came up with that being my type from, but anyway, I get the kind of the physicalities of it, but apart from that, I don't know about the (laughs) the ignoramus. No, no, not ignoramus, but, you know. Anyway. Poets, like not poets or or that type. Uh, like creative types. Creative types, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, unlike me, Natasha McEnroe. types. Well, she actually arguably likes a certain type of meathead as well. She likes <laughs> More of a, a criminal meathead and no disrespect to the girl. Yeah. But, yeah. So she's she's managed to kind of, um, I mean, how she extricated herself from that relationship with Brian Rashkin actually was quite amazing. Yeah. You have to sort of sit back and admire it, how she managed to sort of calm him down and get the new situation to become acceptable. Yeah. I mean, you have to remember as well that she would have started going out with him at a very, very young age, started going out with Brian Rashkin and Natasha McEnroe. Um, She would have been sucked into that world very, very, at a very young age. And of course when they were in her very early 20s, there was the height of the Crumlin-Drimna uh, feud. She was sticking by him and would have seen a lot of violence. And um, I think at one point she was actually in bed with Brian Ratigan and two people burst into their ho- the, 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 the flat they were sharing mm. and he was shot. Um, she hid in the bathroom. She hid in the bathroom. So that would have been her young life, I suppose. Um Life at a meathead. Life at a, <laughs> a meathead. A warning to us all. But, so, I mean, by all accounts, um, she was... I don't like meatheads, by the way. <laughs> but, Just in case anyone thinks... Allegedly, as, as journalists say. But, um, so that that was her that was her life. Um, she was a very devoted girlfriend, wasn't she? Who always turned up in, in, in Brian Rattigan's court appearances, of which there were obviously many as we went through the 2000s. Well, she um, moved into his family home and, and she had a number of children with him as well. So yeah. the relationship would have cemented with that, I suppose. And yeah, I mean, he's so vi- was so violent in those days. Um, I mean, he was using a ferocious amount of cocaine, which didn't help probably his quick temper and ultimately ended up murdering one well, of his teenage friends yeah he was ultimately ended he was initially uh, convicted him, of rather. murder and convicted yeah. of murder and then manslaughter then ultimately won on a stabbed him to death in a in an abracababra he takeaway he so. did so during all this time obviously there was there was other court cases involving brian Ratigan, and ultimately he was convicted of murder although that was overturned and he was then put in prison for life at that point um natasha McEnroe was still a very young woman um if you look at the average sentence for gangland killers in this country, most of them are serving something like 30 years for mm. if you get a life sentence. So she's facing at that point in 2000 and 2010 or around then she's facing, you know, that's that's what she's facing. She's facing she's another life on her own with three young children in and out of the prison just to yeah. visit him and that's it. And yeah, she's very young. and Yeah, and she probably... Um, <clears throat> Didn't fancy that, or who knows? She met either way. She met somebody that she that she struck up a relationship with, um, a guy called Paul Geraghty from from Ranelagh, um, and once she struck up a relationship with him, 
then Brian Radigan was told. And really what happened then is it is actually quite shocking, you see. He went ballistic. He went ballistic. Um, at her, in 2011, um, she was with Paul Geraghty at home in, in, in Ranala. And uh, a gunman appeared at the house door, uh, burst in through the house. He had to jump out the bedroom window and, and escaped. Um, the guy who did it was, uh, or suspected of doing it, was a notorious hitman from West Dublin. He was ultimately convicted of very serious offences not to do with this. I mean, it was regarded as a very, very serious attempt on the life of Paul Geraghty. So this was a hit ordered by Brian Ratkin while he was in prison serving life for murder. And ordered, as far as we understand it, because he didn't want his ex-partner to move on. His partner. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this, you know... Well, I presume she dumped him before she she tried to move on. Oh, by all accounts, she did. I mean, by all accounts, she was straight up with him. Yeah. But the reality is with these guys, and we've seen it in many cases, you're not allowed to break up with them. No. I mean, that's I mean, we're ta- it- We were talking about a, so- a story very similar to this in Limerick recently, uh, April Collins, and when she tried to get out of the relationship she was in with Ger Dundon, again, somebody who very young, moved into the family home, had children, and yeah, they when she tried to move on then, there was... Yeah, and I mean, there's, exactly. And there's many other cases we can't really go into because of sort of family law reasons. But Abel Collins is a classic example. I mean, she was straight up with Jared Dundon. I want to, you know, I want to move on, which like, l- let's be honest, is everybody's entitlement to do if you're. And I suppose when if that had happened in the outside world, it might have been more acceptable. Well, obviously, if it was a joint decision to break up, these guys yeah. don't particularly like being told that by their woman that they're moving on. But I think the fact that they're behind bars and, and Ratigan is is there, big, long sentence, he needs to be in control of everything on the outside as well. And he proved that from prison. He continued to be in control of his drug business, in control of the decision making around that. Um, and clearly the relationship was something that he thought he could direct and control from prison. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, this is, look, I can tell you, and I'm not speaking about Brian Radigan in particular, but these guys, they control a lot of these gangland figures. They control their women, but I mean, they don't operate with the same degree of, you know, what they expect of others. They don't live it by themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Natasha McEnroe, mm. uh, you know, I felt sympathy for her, I actually have to say, you know, um, to be to, to be in that position where you cannot make that choice, I think, is a is a tough moment to be in. And by all accounts, she's quite a strong personality. Well, she she stuck by her decision and she stayed with Garrity. And did he prove to be a better choice than Radigan? Well, I mean, the reason we're talking about all this is because uh, last week he was uh, convicted um, of money laundering offences. Um he was he was convicted in a in a court in a uh, court in Cork. Basically, the guards gave evidence that they saw Paul Garrity arrive in Cork on on the bus, meet a known drug dealer, and collected uh, an amount of cash, a relatively small amount. And uh, Paul Garrity, at the time, I remember writing about Paul Garrity when he was first with Natasha McElroy. We were saying he's no convictions, no involvement in crime. Mm. Um, but ultimately, he in the meantime, he has been convicted of drugs offences and other offences um, of a relatively small nature. But the evidence was given last week in court how he was travelling to Cork. He met with a known heroin dealer, collected a sum of money. 
he was spotted uh, handing, receiving this money in, in Woody's. The police said they had him, they were monitoring him, saw him acting suspiciously and pulled him over. Um, so he admitted his offence and uh, pled guilty. Um, so maybe she does have a type, but... Uh, this sounds very small fry, though. I mean, 3,315 euro, um, you know, plenty to a lot of people, but that's what he was caught with in the city after travelling from Dublin to collect that on yeah. a bus. Yeah. It's not the high-end sort of individual that Rattigan was to become, even from behind bars. No, but Paul Geraghty um, was, a, you know, involved in a sort of drug-dealing operation that became very focused on heroin in, in Dublin inner city um, at a certain point. Um, that gang that he was associated with became one of the major sort of suppliers of heroin, mm. um, street dealing heroin in 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 Dublin's sort of inner city. Um, there's money to be made. There's not millions of money. There's nobody retiring to the south of Spain or Dubai on it, but there is a, a steady trade. Um, he's spoken about, uh, in court, he was heard about how he's suffering from an addiction. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, he's convicted now. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, 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 it, that is a certain type of rural drug trade though, isn't it? That we see that people traveling on buses, dealing in thousands of pounds worth of thousands of euros worth of drugs and, and cash, but not huge sums, but it, it's definitely. You look at those sums <clears throat> in comparison to some of the other things we talk about, monies we talk about, and even from, we were recently looking at the EncroChat press conference um, the information that came off that and the seizures and compared to, you know, 130 tons of cocaine yeah. that was seized, there was only about three tons. Yeah, it was three tons three of heroin, tons of I think, heroin. 3. 3, yeah, so it shows. I it's mean, that's a, a minuscule amount compared to what else seems to be going on there in Europe. I mean, these are very crass figures to be looking at the market, but it does seem if it was a business model is the bottom falling out of the heroin market. I mean, I know from other anecdotes that there were zero um, <clears throat> addicts, uh, you know, well, being treated in the, uh, in the, 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 um, the teen heroin addiction services in, in the last year. Well, this the first time ever it was zero. Yeah. I think there's two different things going on. I think there's the first is that the, the rise of prescription drugs and associated prescription medications have taken part of that market, so you can see that every every day around the city, some of the people that are that are really suffering mm. the really sharp end of addiction, it's not always heroin anymore. Some of that is various types of prescription drugs that are accessible on the internet. Some of them are opiate uh, substitutes. Um, there's a lot of crack out there as well. There's a lot of crack, but there's a lot of prescription drugs. I mean, there's just mm. a lot of of, of benzodiazepines of various types. I mean, they have become a huge part of the market. There is a steady market for 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 heroin, but it's not the level of growth that you've seen in cocaine. I saw there was a story in one of the papers there about a guy who's running a pub in middle of Galway, and it's called a Schnock the Free Pub, and he's going to have no cocaine in there, zero tolerance and testing and everything. Right. And the idea that that's that's how widespread cocaine has become in this country and how normalized it's become. But heroin hasn't become like that. Mm. It has stayed, you know, in a, in relatively small pockets 
uh, in certain urban centres. Um, but it's a different image. It's a different image, but it's also, that's just the way it's gone. Mm. Um, you know, but I think people probably from new generations using it have seen what addiction to heroin can do. It's not a very attractive drug to kind of um, gravitate towards nowadays, even though people do, will try it. Some people will try it and not become addicted. Most people, it does seem to be a very addictive drug. But like cocaine has a totally different image. It's not being... Um, you know, injected into your arm down a smelly side alley. It's no, been it's... used in a in trendy nightclubs. It's got a cool image. There's no shame attached to it whatsoever. Um, and it's it's been from the very first days it showed up in Miami. It's been marketed on that cool. Yeah. Um, and that's why we're see, we're continuing to see the growth. Yeah, and you've also seen that's like any area, like any business, when there's a growth area, the the the, the businesses get involved in it. They want to get a part of that action uh, a lot of the heroin smuggling um rather than coming from um, these big scale uh you know uh smuggling operations from south america coming in in containers and all of that there's a much smaller kind of uh, mule smuggling from the uk there's a lot of heroin comes across kind of from t- to turkey into europe so there's a lot much more sort of smaller operations. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of people, I think, bringing heroin in on, on boats from the UK. Um, but there doesn't seem to be the same um, investment in that trade. And But that's not to say that there's not a big business here. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of people, um, you know, Cork is, a good, is an interesting example in this case because there's a lot of people, they always say, you know, getting buses into Cork on a daily basis with, a, with a, you know, maybe a few thousand euros worth of heroin. And that becomes a little, a business that's very hard to stop and very hard to police in a way. Mm. Um, but it seems and it's not be, as available in the rural country, every country town area. It's yeah. not, though there have been, of course, as well, some Eastern European gangs that have made it their business to be uh, moving heroin into sort of parts of rural Ireland have become kind of street dealing. I mean, mm. We used; to, they were known as the Russians, even though they were primarily not from Russia, but from other parts of 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 um, other parts of Eastern Europe. They were just—that's what the name they got. And we there has there was exposés on them and convictions ultimately across Europe to do with that. So it's the, that that market I think has changed. Mm. And there is actually an interesting report actually, which you might look at about heroin use across Europe, how that has changed. You might look at that. Oh, yeah, definitely. That would be very interesting to look at that one. Um, As Garrity goes into prison, of course, Rattigan is out. Yeah. And he's a free man. Yeah. And um, he seems to be very much back in business around the Basin Lane area in particular, which is the sort of center of his control. Um, Yeah, he was spotted, of course, coming back into the country in recent weeks, um, as reported in, in, in the Irish Independent. Um, came back in, it was reported with a black eye. Right. He was asked by, you know, what was he What was he doing back in Ireland? He's looking after business. So there's been a few reports since he was released that he's been kind of back around making very public gesturing around those sort of stronghold areas. But he's flitting in and out. He's not staying put. He's not really no. comfortable here in Ireland. He obviously feels under threat. Yeah. Um. And he is suspected or has been reported of being in the company of John Gilligan in Spain, yeah. in the Alicante region. 
Yeah, look, I mean, there's no doubt that the in terms of the guards, they, they regard him as being an active criminal figure, for sure. Um, and that there is also going on in, 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 in Dublin and around Ireland, there is a bit of a vacuum as, as the Kinnan control of the drugs trade dies off. And so there are opportunities for these these guys, but yeah, Paul Garrity won't be one of them. He'll be behind bars. Um, by all accounts, Natasha McEnroe, um, you know, managed to resolve that situation and eliminated the threat against Paul Garrity. That was life. extraordinary that she was able to do that. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was. And she obviously and and has remained in, you know has remained in good relationship essentially with Rattigan, father of her children. Well, I think, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we don't know exactly. exactly that's yeah. what we, that's what we hear. And, yeah. and you know, she, look, she, she's a, a good survivor. I think it's fair to say. For sure. Okay, Niall Donald. Thank you very okay. much. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take the Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume the Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume the Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.